We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Welcome again to the service. You are blessed, my friend. And this is our month of friendship. And I know that you are my friend. And I am your friend. And together, we are the friends of God. Welcome. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. I hope that your week is going well and you are enjoying the summer. The Lord bless you and your household in the mighty name of Jesus. Like I always say, the church has left the building. I'm sure you're tired of hearing me say that by now. The church has left the building. And so this is your church and I am your pastor. And what a great privilege and honor to be able to pastor you through the word of God and through this medium. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. I am always praying for you. I am always praying for you. And for those of you who emailed me, sharing your testimonies and, your, and the impact of this ministry on, on you and your family, I want to say thank you. The Lord bless you. So keep the messages coming. I love to hear from you. I love to reply your messages. Pastor.eddy at gatewaychapel.org.uk. And listen, you also want to join our Bible Connect, where we get to connect with other believers and, you know, empower ourselves and share our faith. And so, if you go to gatewaychapel.org.uk forward slash Bible Connect, that is where you meet like-minded individuals, friends of Jesus and your friends. So register and register, and they will get you connected to a group that suits you. And you know what? You are going to love it. We are such a lovely, friendly bunch. This cyber church is great. The Lord bless you. Now, let's get to our message. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. I give you all the glory for your children who have taken time out to tune in and hear the word of God and hear your word. And so, Father, I pray, oh God, for divine impartation upon every man and every woman under the sound of my voice today in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this month of friendship. I ask, oh God, that you sent everyone under the sound of my voice a destiny helper this month in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Let your word come with accuracy and power and let it mix with faith in the heart of your children. In Jesus' mighty name I pray and you and I say, Amen. You are blessed. Now, we have been talking about how to make your prayers produce results. How to make your prayers produce results. And I'm thoroughly enjoying myself sharing this message with you because this message literally changed my life. There is nothing as good as, you know, you pray and you are guaranteed of answered prayers. I'm telling you, some people pray and it's hit and miss. You know, sometimes, sometimes those returns of those prayers is like a fluke, you know, like my golf game. <laughs> so <laughs> you strike it great one time, the next time it's somewhere in the bush. So, <laughs> but but it's, it's nice to know the spiritual parameters re required to make, your, to make your prayers produce results all the time. Listen, now, I said produce results. I didn't say produce the desires of your heart. Now, what do I mean by that? 
the fact that, you know, sometimes you may pray and God says no. No is the, that re, no is the result of that prayer. So sometimes the fact that you didn't get what you are asking for does not mean that God has not answered that prayer. Hmm? The fact that you didn't get what you are asking God for because God can see the future. God knows what's best for you. So sometimes you've got to understand that your father can say no at times. And then so no also can be a good response. But what I'm saying when I say prayers do not produce results is that there are, people, there are people out there, you pray, and after your prayer, a week after your prayer or immediately after your prayer, you cannot say God said, you cannot say um, uh, this is what the Lord has asked you to do, you cannot say whether this is the devil's, uh, uh, the devil is, the, the devil is uh, I have plans for you, you know, which he always does, he's good at his job, comes to kill, to sin, and to destroy, but you can, or you cannot even say that this is my mind. So in other words, you just lack a sense of direction. Now, if you lack a sense of direction and you still don't know what to do after prayers, then it means that that prayer is probably not producing any result because God always speaks. God always speaks. My children don't come to me and say, Dad, can I do X, Y, Z, or should I go, should I go to X, Y, Z, and then I just ignore them. No good father ignores their children. A good father will never ignore his child or his children. So there will always be an answer, and that's what I really want you to understand. Listen, I may not get what I'm asking God for, but at least I know his will for me. And that is what I'm trying to get you. That's what I'm trying to impart into your life this month. That you should never lack your, a sense of direction. You should never lack a sense of direction. You should always know what to do. You should always know where to go. You should always know what is happening in your life. You should know. Now, it may not be what you are asking for, but at least you know it's from God. Does that make sense? All right. So that's all. And that's what we've been doing. So, and I thought to you last week, that, and I'm going to try this week, that, that prayer is a seed. Prayer is a seed. And prayer is a spiritual seed. And like any, any seed, it requires watering. When you sow a seed, right, in the natural, you water the seed. You protect the seed. Yes, spiritual seeds require watering, but not water as you know it. Not water as you know it. And so, but so how do we water our spiritual seed? When we water our spiritual seed, with the moisture, water, that comes from our lips, which is your words. Your words is what you use, right? Your words are what you use to water your prayers. And every time you speak, you release moisture into the atmosphere, true or false. Well, that's the reason why, we, that's what the reason why during this pandemic, they, they say, wear a mask. Because every time you speak, you release moisture. And so... Every time you speak, the words you speak releases moisture over the prayers you have prayed before. That's why I keep saying what you do after prayers is equally as important as the prayer itself. So, and I want to share with you today another thing that impacts your ability to get answered prayers, right? And that is your spiritual climate. Your spiritual climate. 
So we've talked about the watering, we've talked about the seed, we've talked about watering, and then today I want to talk about this all-important one. There's your spiritual climate. Your environment is very important. It is critical to, your, to the ability of your prayers to produce results. It's very critical. Your spiritual climate. Now, in science, in science, okay, <laughs> they, they say, we were taught, that there are four factors that affect the growth of a plant. Four factors. Number one, let me take you back to school now, right? Number one, they say light. Hmm. Number two, they say water. Number three, they say temperature or heat. And number four, they say nutrients. These four, these four elements must combine together, well-balanced, to ensure that a seed grows into a healthy plant. Yeah? You got that in your, in your sciences. Now, what I'm saying is similarly, what, so what we're saying here is that this light, water, temperature, and nutrients create a certain kind of climate, a certain type of climate, a certain kind of atmosphere conducive for any natural seed to grow. But I'm also telling you that um, uh, if you get any of these elements wrong, whether too much light, too much water, too much temperature, or inadequate nutrients, that the, the, the health of that plant will not be stable. And that seed will not grow to be a healthy plant. And it won't produce healthy crops. Okay? And that's the reason why you say you sow a seed, some produces 30-fold, some produce 60-fold, some produce 90-fold, and then some 100-fold. Now, the ones that come out 100 and well-balanced are the ones that, ha that have the right kind of light, right kind of water, right amount of water, the right type of temperature, and the right amount of nutrients. So a healthy climate is extremely important if you are to get any result from the seed you sow naturally. But equally, equally, now listen to this, equally, a healthy spiritual climate is extremely important if you will get any result from your prayers. A healthy spiritual climate is extremely important if you will get any result from your prayers. I'll say that again. A healthy spiritual climate is extremely important if you will get any result from your prayers. Just like a healthy natural environment is extremely important if you are to get any result from your natural seed, light, water, temperature, and nutrients. So it is in the realm of the spirit. Everything we see naturally, right, is a reflection on what is available in the realm of the spirit. So a healthy spiritual climate, what you do after prayers is equally as important as the prayers itself. So a healthy spiritual climate, after you have prayed, my friend, listen to me. A healthy spiritual climate, after you have prayed, is extremely important for the development, the the, the production of the prayers you have prayed, the result from the prayers you have prayed. Very important. Please say this after me. What I do, right, like a pledge, what I do after prayers is equally as important as the prayer itself. Make that your pledge. What I do after prayers 
is equally as important as the prayer itself, as my prayer itself. So I must water my prayers with my words, and I must create the right spiritual atmosphere to make my prayers produce results. Make that your lifestyle, my friend. Make that your lifestyle. And so that's why you can pray the same prayer for two people. One returns with a testimony and the other does not. Seriously. Why? Same prayer, same scriptures, same Christ, same word, but different outcome. And the only variable is the faith and spiritual climate of the two of them. So now, the way we create the spiritual, the spiritual climate necessary to make our prayers produce results is by walking with God. Is by walking with God. You know, I see that. I see that all the time. You, 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 uh, you uh, the, the anointing of God comes upon um, upon me, and I pray for uh, pray for two people, two different people. Sometimes maybe the same type of prayer, the same passion, and then one gets up leaves my presence and comes back about a week or two later and says, Pastor, it has happened. Pastor, it has happened. Or, Pastor, I know what to do now. And so, so, and so, listen, it is your responsibility to provide the right spiritual climate for your prayers to produce results. I will say that again. It is your responsibility to produce the right spiritual climate for the prayers prayed over you to produce results. It's not enough for you to pray, or it's not enough for someone to pray over you, right? And then you just get up and go and continue business as usual. Now, if I pray for you with all the anointing and with all my spiritual giftings, right, the the, the, the onus is still on you to maintain those prayers with your confession and provide the right spiritual climate for those prayers to come to pass. Do you understand? So now, the climate, the, 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 the spiritual climate required can only be achieved by walking with God. By walking with God. And I want to talk about that today. Now let's look at our Text, Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 to 24. Bible says here, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. That's a very old man. And Enoch walked with God. Look at that. Twice it says that. Verse 22 says, and Enoch walked with God. Verse 23 says, he walked with God and he was not, for God took him. So Hebrews 5.11 also says about Enoch, Hebrews 5-6, to 6, Hebrews 11.5-6, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible, it is impossible to please him, for he, 
for he, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Praise the Lord. So from this text, we see that, so what I'm saying is that walking with God is the way you create the right spiritual atmosphere and climate that makes your prayers produce results. So God is always looking for a walking partner. Someone whose heart can be after his own heart and he will only do what is pleasing to God. God is always looking for a companion. God created man for the enjoyment of a walking relationship and that involves companionship. It involves dialogue. It involves intimacy, joint decision-making, mutual delight, and shared dominion. Let us make man in our own image so they can have dominion over the earth. God longs to walk with you, which is why his arms of grace have been pulling at you for a long time. God wants to walk with you. God wants to go on a stroll with you. God wants to indeed be your friend and you his friend. Enoch was the first man in the Bible who walked with God. He was the first man in the Bible who walked with God, even though men have been praying. Now, let's look let's at Genesis 4.26. Genesis 4.26. It says, and as for Seth, or Seth, to him, also was, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. For as far back as Genesis chapter 4, men were praying. But Enoch didn't just pray. Because it's one thing to call on the name of God, which is prayer, but my friend, it's another thing to get results. It's one thing to pray, it's another thing to get results. There is a way you pray, there's what to do in prayers, and then there's what to do to get results of that prayer. So, so, so prayer is just the first step in that process. Enoch didn't just pray. He understood that what he did after prayers is equally as important as the prayers itself. So he opted, I said opted, he opted to walk with God. And, and, and what I'm saying is that don't just put your request in and walk away. And that's, the, that's, that's our posture, that's the posture of so many people. Don't just put your request in and walk away. But Enoch didn't just pray. He didn't just call on the name of God. No, he opted to walk with God. He was the first man to uncover the true delight of walking with Jehovah. Enoch's example continues to witness to every one of us today. When the zeal of God captures a man, it will ignite a great passion to walk with God and be his friend. Have you, got the, have you got the passion of God inside you? Are you passionate about Christ? Are you fervent in spirit? 
So when we walk with God, we enter the dimension where God begins to unfold his secrets. We read it in the Bible. Can I do anything without telling my friend, Abraham? Can I? How can I do something in this city and not, conf- and not, and not share my secret with my friend, Abraham? How can, something, how can I do something in this industry and not share and not tell my friend your name? And not tell my friend John? And not tell my friend Michael? And not tell my friend Mary? And not tell my friend Joke? How? So through Christ, we can explore the glorious riches of knowing God through Jesus. Through Jesus. So let me look, let us look at this subject matter of walking with God. And I want to also share with you eight secrets of walking with God and seven stumbling blocks of walking with God. And I will try and finish today. If I don't, we continue Thursday, um, August 27th, all right? That's our triumphant Thursday. Right, so don't, don't miss it. Just I want to try to to unpack this because I really want you to get this. So if I don't finish, join me on Thursday, gatewaychapel.org.uk forward slash midweek service. Midweek service that will be 27th of 27th, all right, of this month. And I'm telling you, I really need you to get this. So let's just look at the subject of walking with God because what I'm saying, what I'm t- I'm giving you a master key. This thing has helped me. I laugh, I laugh when people look at me. When I was, you know, back in the day, I've heard this, you know, say, several times. They say, oh, ah, you know, you know, Eddie, everything Eddie touches turns to gold. <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. I'm not as good as you think I am. But you don't see this one, the one that you cannot see. You don't see the one who is in my, you don't see the one I'm, I'm connected to. You don't see the one whose company I'm keeping. It's not me. It's like Jesus riding on a donkey. I say, oh, just look at this donkey. Oh, this donkey is so good. No, have you seen the one who is on the donkey? And that's what I'm saying. You've got to practice this. Don't just pray and put in your request. You've got to create the right spiritual climate to ensure every prayer produces results for you. So Enoch walked with God continually, conversing with him and growing closer to him. Enoch, don't just pray. Keep, keep him as your companion. Don't just pray, walk with God. Don't just pray, walk with God. And so in him we see a new kind of believer. He walked, he walked arm in arm every day with the Lord. The Lord was his very life. So much so that at the end, he did not just, he did not taste death. A covenant of exemption was expressed in his life. The Bible says he was translated out of this life. Praise the Lord. Enoch walked so closely with God. And that, I, I tell you what, when we walk closely with God, we also will be translated out of the reach of the devil. We move from darkness to light. Colossians 1.13 says, 
He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us in the, into the kingdom of the son of his love, Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. When you walk with God, when you walk with God, he translates you. He translates you. Enoch learned to walk, Enoch learned to walk pleasingly before God in the midst of a wicked society. In the midst of a wicked society, he was an ordinary man with all the same problems and burdens we carry, Enoch. He was involved in life. He had a wife. He had children. He had obligations and undertook all his responsibilities. He cared for his family just like you. He worked. He ministered. He occupied. But he was not just earthbound. None of the demands of life could keep him from walking with God. None of the demands of life could keep Enoch from walking with God. Don't just pray. Walk with God. Don't just pray. Walk with God. It is your responsibility to provide the right spiritual climate for your prayers to produce results. If not, you will pray and pray. And when you, are, when you don't see results, you start panicking. And then from then, you start looking for one prophet or the other who will pray for you. And I'm telling you this, even if the whole world prays for you, it is your responsibility to provide the right spiritual climate for those prayers to come to pass. In his spirit, Enoch was not a part of his wicked world. He was not. Each day, as he walked with the Lord, he became less attached to the things around him. He was focused. All around Enoch, mankind grew increasingly ungodly. Yet, as men change, serving themselves full of lust, full of hardness, full of everything you can possibly think about, Enoch became more and more like the one with whom he walked. He became more and more like the one with whom he walked. Listen, you will become like the one with whom you walk. That's why Proverbs 13.20 says, Proverbs 13.20, yeah, Proverbs 13 verse 20. It says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. You will become like the person you keep companionship with, or you keep companion with, rather. Enoch had no Bible. Enoch had no songbook. Enoch had no... Uh, fellow member or fellowship member. He had no church. Enoch had no teacher. Enoch, listen to this, Enoch had no indwelling Holy Spirit because Jesus had not yet come. Yet, Enoch knew God. But look at you and I. We live in a 21st century world. We have everything at our fingertips. You know, I was talking to one of my daughters here this week, and I asked a question, and she said, oh, I have this friend called Google. <laughs> Can you imagine that? We have everything at our fingertips. We are the internet generation. 
The world's a very small place. We have access to information. We have Bible in print. We have audio Bible. We have, there are, there is a visual Bible. You name it, graphical Bible. All types of Bible, whatever you, all types of Bible. You want, you, you, listen, you are listening to me right now, right? From the comfort of your home. My goodness. You didn't even have to go, you didn't have to leave your home and go to church. Church has come to you. How good can that get? We are privileged. We are too privileged. Enoch, no Bible, no songbook, no fellowship, no teacher, no Holy Spirit, yet Enoch knew God. Listen, my friend, God expects you to know him because he has given you a natural environment better than Enoch. And he will hold you accountable to it. We hold you accountable for it. What was it about Enoch that pleased God? Hebrews 5.11 says, before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had this testimony that he pleased God. What was it about Enoch that pleased God so much? It was that his work with God produced in Enoch the kind of faith God loves. I will say that again. It was because his work with God produced in him the kind of faith God loves. God wants to work with you. And I want you to accept that mission by faith. God wants to work with you. Hebrews 5, Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had, his, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. So Enoch pleased him with faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If we walk with God, my friend, daily, Communing with him continually, the result will be a spiritual atmosphere that guarantees answered prayers. Let me repeat myself for the sake of emphasis. If we walk with God daily, communing with him continually, the result will be a spiritual atmosphere that guarantees answered prayers. So, my friend, don't just pray, walk with him. Okay, now let's address some basic stuff. What does it mean to walk with God, Pastor Eddie? Now that you are going on like your hair is on fire, what does it mean to walk with God? It means several things. It means several things. Number one, walking with God implies that the prevailing blatant flagrant of God's word in a person's heart is dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Yeah. I'm your friend. And I have you at heart. It is my responsibility, my friend, to speak the truth to you. What does it mean to walk with God? Number one, 
the blatant flagrant of God's word in a person's heart must be dealt with. Yes. You know how you know that something is wrong, but you still do it anyway. You want to walk with God, you have to get rid of that. You have to get rid of that. If you are sincerely serious about maximizing your prayer effort, you have to lose that. Blatant disregard means not doing what you know to do. You know what something, you know you shouldn't do it, but you still do it anyway. That's what I call blatant, flagrant of God's word. Blatant disregard means not doing what you know to do. How many times have the Holy Spirit pricked your heart about something and you just completely do like, that's not for me. Or you do the talk to the hand thing. How many times? How many times has the Holy Spirit pricked your heart about something and you totally do like, I don't know what's going on here. Or, mm, the blatant flagrant of God's word. Disobedient. Blatant disregard. I apologize to your husband. Mm. Mm-mm. Tell her sorry for you are wrong. Tell her sorry because you are wrong. That's a man. Mm. The Holy Spirit comes. Tell her sorry because you are wrong. Blatant disregard of God's word has to be dealt with in your heart. You need to tithe. You need to sow. Blatant disregard means constantly making excuses or looking for argument to justify your lack of consistent obedience. Blatant disregard means constantly making excuses or looking for arguments to justify your lack of consistent obedience. Obedience. How do I work with God? You've got to get rid of that. I didn't pray this morning because I woke up late. You see, the alarm didn't go off. Uh, actually, it went off, but it wasn't loud enough. So just after the time I heard it, my son came in and I had to, huh? What's with the story? What's with the story? What's with the story? Have you read your Bible today? <laughs> now, you tell me which one you are, right? So, scenario one. Have you read your Bible today? Then you, you have, the, you have, the, you have the, uh, the first type of person. Ask your friend, have you read the Bible today? You meet the interrogator, my Bible. <laughs> have you read the Bible today? My Bible. Now, that's the interrogator. Or the inquirer. Have you, read, have you read the Bible today? Why? Why are you asking me what I read my Bible today? Now, that's the inquirer. <laughs> then you also have the wanderer. Have you read the Bible today? 
That's a wanderer. Then you have the scratcher. Have you read the Bible today? <laughs> now, you know what? Ask your friends this question and then watch them. Find out whether they are the interrogator, the inquirer, the wanderer, or the scratcher. <laughs> Try it. It's so funny. So funny. Number two, working with God implies that the person has actually been reconciled with Jesus. Accepting the free gift of salvation. Working with God. You see, this point seems very obvious. But the fact is that many claim that they are saved and they are born again. But Jesus is not the Lord of their life. So question, is Christ the Lord of your life? When the will of God in his word goes against your desires or your intended decision. Do you win or does Jesus win? Do you override the Holy Spirit? So, walking with God uh, implies that you have made Jesus the Lord, the Lord, the commander, the authority of your life. What does it mean to walk with God? Number three, walking with God implies that the person has an abiding communion and fellowship with God in regular prayers, praises, meditation in the word of God, and walking in total obedience and working on it. We are not talking about perfection here, folks. We are talking about working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it. That's what it means. It implies that you are in abiding communion with God, fellowship with God. You, you, you wake up, it's a, it, it, you, you are dying to pray. You are dying to worship. You are dying, you are dying to find out what his heart is for you before you even get out of bed. A relationship. Yes, even if you err at times, but it's not the norm. It's not a habit. Number four, working with God implies, implies our making progress in the divine life. Are you still at the same spot? Are you still at the same spot spiritually? Are you still fighting the same old demons? You can't you can fight the same fight you fought last year, fight the same fight today, the same fight you fought two years ago, is still fighting today. When are, you going to, when are you going to promote yourself in the realm of the spirit? When are you going to outgrow that? When? This is deep stuff. Why? Because I want God to answer your prayers. And I want you to know when God is speaking to you. But we will never know if we don't have the right environment for God to speak to us or the right environment for our prayers to be answered. It's not the same, stop, same spot. Fighting the same temptation five years in a row. When are you going to grow out of it? When are you going to say enough is enough? Hebrews 5. When are you going to promote yourself spiritually? Hebrews 5 verse 13. Turn there very quickly. He said, for everyone 
who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the world of righteousness. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the world of righteousness. For he is a babe. He is a baby. For solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So when are you going to grow from milk to solid food? When are you going to grow? When are you going to leave the rudiments, the rudiments and the foundations of our faith to, 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 to hard stuff of faith? And it says, and it says, for everyone who partakes of milk is only skilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a baby. He's a baby. And my question is, how long are you going to be a baby for? How long are you going to be a baby for? And he says, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern between good and evil. When are you going to grow into this phase of life? When? And number five, working with God implies yielding one's life as a vessel unto honor for various services in the kingdom of God. My question is, what are you doing on earth right now for the sake of heaven? What are you doing on earth right now? Have you found your purpose in God yet? Have you even asked yet? Even if you have asked, what did he say? But I'm telling you, you cannot get that answer if you don't have the right spiritual climate. I want to stop there today. On Thursday, I want to share with you eight secrets to working with God and seven obstacles. Don't miss it. Gatewaychapel.org.uk forward slash midweek service. You've got to come and hear the final install of this message. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. We give you all the adoration. Father, we desire to walk with you. We desire to walk with you. And so, Father, I pray, oh God, for every man and every woman who desires right now to walk with you. Whatever it is, oh God, that stops them from walking with you, we take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, oh God, that your will be done in their lives, Father. We pray, oh God, for the evident manifestation of your love for everyone here under the sound of my voice. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.